0: Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
2: Homestale Radio is proudly sponsored by complete signs.co.uk. Complete Signs are a producer of top quality internal and external signs for an ever-expanding portfolio of clients, including hotels, schools, local authorities and small businesses across the nation, offering a wide range of creative solutions from flat metal nameplates to neon fascia signs and everything in between. Clients are offered the highest standards in consultation and sales support to ensure complete customer satisfaction, with clients free to choose solutions from wide variety of materials, including brass, aluminium, stainless steel, wood, and a number of plastics. Covering most of South England with virtual offices in Croydon, Epsom, Hawley, Worcester Park in Surrey, Crowthorne in Berkshire, Regent Street, West London, Docklands, East London, and Crawley and Brighton in Sussex. So if you're looking for the complete professional service for your sign needs... Then look no further than Complete Signs. Head to their website, completesigns.co.uk, for further information, including contact details and full office addresses.
3: Live commentary. An easy finish, really, for Sergio Torres, heading past him into an empty net. It's
4: very disappointing for Crystal Palace, and it's 2-0 Crawley. It's horrific, but it's, it's much, much worse as being in the press area in the Crawley main stand. happy to hear them chant. Who are you at the Palace fans?
0: live interviews
4: the deal that's done are you Do uh, you got the message about is it is it definitely done or
1: <laughs> hopefully yeah i need to get up the phone really and find out
4: but um, <laughs> all right no, we'll let you I go think, then i think it i think it was the midfielder or the striker i'm not sure one of the two <laughs> expert analysis peter ramage has gone on a season long loan to barnsley uh
0: <laughs> <laughs> Cowbells
4: It's utterly ridiculous <laughs> oh, dear. oh
0: dear
4: Right dear. don't milk it
0: You get rot on my teats Move God. along right. Yeah keep churning them out Well most of the time anyway Homestead Radio Good
4: evening and welcome to Homesdale Radio. My name is Chris Hambling and I'm the host for tonight's Look Back at a hugely eventful week for Crystal Palace Football Club. With me tonight are Alex White. Hello. Hello. Uh, Barney Fox. Hello. Hello. And Joe Holyoke was due to be joining us tonight, but work commitments or more likely fishing and playing cards have meant he's had to pull out. So it's just us today. Caretaker manager Keith Dillon took charge of the Eagles for the second time for the visit to the Hawthorns in a game which ended 2-0 to the Baggies. Uh, we'll review that game in full, as we deal with the uh, ninth defeat in ten games this season. We'll look at the vacant managerial position once more, discussing the latest candidates linked with the hot seat, and uh, and those out of the running as well. Finally, we'll look to next weekend's home game against Everton, who's held Spurs to a 0-0 draw today, and we'll try to come up with some sort of reasoning that this will be the game that turns our season around. To contact the show today, you can send us a tweet to at radio. You can message us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash radio. Email us on radio at homestales.net or give us a call on 0208 1234098. You can also visit the whole radio chat room. holradio.net forward slash chat to talk with fellow listeners live around the topics of discussion. And uh, we've got someone in there as well uh, who might pick some of your comments out for our discussion. Uh, don't forget you can listen to Homestale radio live on your smartphone or tablet device with the TuneIn radio app free
0: to download, and once installed, simply search for Homestale Radio to locate the station. First up, here's an interesting news in brief. Get involved with the show. Email radio at homestale.net or call us on 0208 1234098. Homestale Radio. Voices for Palace Watch. Faces for Crime Watch. All the latest news around Selhurst Park. This is News in Brief. Defender
4: Damien Delaney has this week signed a new contract with the club. Republic of Ireland International, 32, has been a mainstay in the Palace defence since joining last season, clocking up 54 appearances to date. The new deal will keep the defender at the club until June 2015.
3: Crystal Palace development side crashed out of the under-21 Premier League Cup earlier this week after losing a five-goal thriller at Salhouse Park to Exeter City. The Palace team, which included a number of the 25-man squad, took the lead early on but found themselves 2-1 down by the 15-minute mark. Jimmy Kebbe's equaliser towards the end of the first half looked to get Palace back into the match. However, it wasn't enough as Exeter's pressure told, with Matthew J. pouncing on a defensive mix-up and City held their for a 3-2 lead. <laughs> good work, good work. <laughs> work, that was fine.
5: Funny. <clears throat> Hang on, I haven't even got the show document. Oh, no, we've got to record this. Keep going. <laughs> no, I can't oh, record what? this. It's ridiculous. It's, it's not coming through. It's fine, actually. Oh, it has Okay.
4: I- I'm going to read it in your voice. <laughs> read <laughs> it in my okay. voice then. Uh, make it fresh, alright? I really re- good. Right? Re- really, okay. <laughs> palace looks to have completed the signing for the Bill Order, the younger brother of Palace Midfielder. <laughs> not from Swansea, Bay. Chris. Uh, fair days. <laughs> After being pictured putting pen to paper on a deal via Instagram, the youngster, who's been on trial with the club for the last the few Indians. months, <laughs> <laughs> his changes has made uh, has made a number of appearances in development squad, including an, oppressive, an impressive and impressive <clears> two <throat> goal haul against Bright. This is this is a car. Crash. Uh, the club have not yet officially confirmed, the signing, but comments from his brother and other teammates on social media seem to indicate a done deal. And finally, CPFC have announced today the past season tickets covering the final ten home matches of the season. Full details can be found on the official site, with prices starting at one hundred and forty pounds for juniors and two hundred and ninety-five English pounds for adults.
0: News in
4: brave.
2: Homesdale Radio is brought to you in association with Completesigns.co.uk for all your sign-based needs. To receive a genuine 10% discount, mention you are listening to Homesdale Radio and get in touch today.
4: Well, I'm sure you got an awful lot of worthwhile information from that news in brief. Um, wow, well, wow, it was even worse than the third listen through. Sorry about that. Uh, these things do happen. We don't always have time to re-record. And it was I thought it was funny. Um, so, listen. What's coming up today is uh, a quick review of—well, I say quick review—a fairly extensive review of that uh, defeat up at the Hawthorns yesterday. Um, and then we'll have a quick look through that. Uh, well, the, the the situation with the manager—it's um, not particularly inspiring at the moment. Although one name seems to have shortened in the odds today, and we'll have to talk about which name that is. Um, yeah, and we'll have, have a look ahead to Everton. Obviously, it'd be great to get your contact all all through the day. Um, tweet at at H O L Radio. Um, email radio at homesdale.net. And uh well well, chatroom, H O L radio dot net forward slash chat. There you go, just a little prompt for those of you that missed my introduction. just uh, aware a few of you join us a bit later on. So uh well where where to start? Obviously we did we lost the game two nils, goals from uh Berinho on the just before half time, just becoming something of a habit. And quite late in the game as we were trying to chase well, trying to do something to get into the game, uh Macaulay Got up above Jedanac to uh, to hit him for the for the second goal, and um, pretty much that was the sort of point we started to actually take some shots. So there's there's a lot in there was a lot in the game. Uh, first thing I kind of want to bring up really is that there were two distinct feelings at the match um, that from those around me. Literally to the left of me and to the right of me, people you know one person was saying how awful it all was, and I kind of agreed with that. And to the left of me, someone was saying well, we deserve better than this, and and I agree with that as well. So. um I think if we we sort of separated out those first 20 minutes with Diora on the pitch and he was linking up pretty well with Tremac, and we we cre- we created a chance for I got in on the sort of left hand side of the penalty area could save from the keeper and and things were looking all right you know we were playing okay we were we were in the game against a, a side that have beaten man united this season and, and to be honest looking at them I can't really see how they did it um but ultimately it 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 did go to pieces and by the end the, the individual mistakes and the general sort of cohesion was, was quite depressing, I have to say. Uh, fair assessment, Alex?
3: Yeah, I think so. The first 20 minutes were were really good, actually. I think we kept the ball really well. Um, sort of stringing passes around in the middle, That the best that I've certainly seen us keep the ball. I thought Jednak was outstanding those first few minutes. He dropped so much deeper, and he literally just got the ball picked up and moved again. It sort of reminded me of, like, imagine if we had O'Keefe in there as well. I think we would, mm. could have kept the ball even better. Um and Guardiola, when he came off, the game changed for me. Mm. Um, and the one thing about it was, every time Shemak won a header, every time I've seen Guardiola, he sprints off the ball every time, and he's always that outlet from that yeah. header of the target man. And I haven't seen us have that in years, it, us have someone like that. And that that's quite refreshing. But as soon as that was gone, we were completely flat. You know, they, a, they didn't need to worry about anything.
4: It was a clear game plan, definitely. Uh, and I suppose if you're being critical it's not having a backup plan or not having someone who who can go in and fit back into that system I mean bringing on Jason Punchen, uh he's an attacking play had a fantastic season at Southampton um, and he seems to be getting less and less effective for us I, I might say some slightly harsher words later on but at the moment I'm saying he's less effective with each game um, seems to be I mean I'm not I'm not ignoring the fact that the way we did when we did threaten him he did seem to be involved in it but he, he certainly wasn't busting the gut to get on the end of anything that Chimac was flicking on and to link with, with Chimac at all. So, I mean, I found that a little bit frustrating. But, I mean, yeah, we did. We had that clear game plan. and um, If I could ask you, Barney, I mean, obviously it's good to have a game plan, it's bad not to have a backup, but is this an example of where we've actually had quite a lot of bad luck as well this year?
5: Well, I think, um, you know, when I was watching the game, um, I think I totally agree with what you both said. I think we came out very strong and, I think I seem to think that actually the difference between coming from Championship to Premiership is, is that actually you've you've got to be good enough to ride out that bad luck. I use an extreme circumstance, which was last week's game against Arsenal. Arsenal were in were bad and they had lots of bad luck, but they still got away with a two 0 win. That's because they're at a certain level. Now I'm not certainly saying that we are we need to aspire to be at the same level as Arsenal, but what I'm saying is is I think. Premier the abilities of a good solid premiership team Don't I think let luck get in the way get let, let it get in the way if they get a bad decision They've got the capabilities to recover from it very quickly um, yeah. So I think yeah, yeah, we can say that about every game. What was yeah, you were saying that there was two comments that was made it was bad luck and when we what was the other one that they got? that someone said? So Whereas also, it's essentially the,
4: the, yeah there was a bit of bad luck and we deserved better, but the other the other thing was that we were that in places and certain players in particular were simply awful, were simply not up to the standard. Yeah, uh, and I, I think th- that there was a lot of feeling of that around. I
5: definitely, and I think the point is is that you know we're new to this division. We all know that the smaller teams are going to certainly get. I you know I'm, I'm a great believer that the bigger teams have far more power when it comes to influencing decisions, and the, the smaller teams do struggle to get those decisions with them. Um, but you know we we're, we're in with the big boys now we've got to maybe take a few punches i think we do suffer a little bit when those decisions perhaps do go against us um, and it seems to bring our our mentality about the game down a little bit we just seem to turn off that split second yeah. it seems like we're shocked or something like that it's
4: an interesting point I, I, yeah it's, it's good to erase it because obviously i I'm, I'm i'm similarly I'm, I'm focusing on saying yeah we've had some bad luck but you're right it is about being able to deal with that. And, and I think it's an it's an example of why we are where we are. It's Our, our confidence is, is so low and so fragile that exactly as you say, getting that bad luck, getting that, that thing that goes against you, for example, Fulham, getting the two wonder goals against us and things like that, people aren't able to respond at the moment because simply that there's this kind of feeling of, of why us? Why, why are we constantly having to deal with this? Why can't... Yeah we get what we deserve kind of thing and you can't, you're you right, you have to push through that and I suppose that's what Keith Millen's talking about after the game when he's talking about getting someone in with a new voice and new ideas because whatever's, yeah. whatever's there now it's not working, it's not getting that response.
5: Well I think, sorry, just to, just to end on my point Chris, I think mm. the, the thing that's been getting me really in the last couple of matches and I think what was really evident by yesterday, the first half, we were so good going forward, it was unbelievable. We were knocking those lot for six. Now what you've got to realise when you go to West Brom in Darby, within Steve Clark, you've probably got one of the best defensive managers in the league, would be argued. You know, the wonders that he did at Chelsea probably actually made Chelsea that defensive team that they still they still try and be now. Um the the problem I got at the moment is is that they seem to be physically fit, but they don't seem to have that mental fitness to be able to stay in the game. And, and just keep that level of high commitment and awareness for that 90 minutes. And maybe we've never had that. And in the championship, it was all right because teams didn't probably punish you as much. But no. In the Premier League, unfortunately, there's no team that's not yeah. going to do that now. Maybe it's, three or four years ago, they would have done.
4: We're, we're back to our, the age-old thing of not taking our chances is costing us. Um, we, we had Plenty of opportunities in, in you know, I, I saw a match report, I think it was even the BBC, talking about our second half revival, if you like, and I mean, it just shows you people aren't really watching the same game sometimes, because we didn't need a second half, because we were good up until the, the, the point that uh, Guardiola went off the pitch, and even after that, we weren't terrible. Match of the day claimed that we were we, we our chance for Gadiol was against the run of play. I don't really think that it was. I think it was a fairly even game at that point. With us shading it, we had a lot of possession in that first half. I can remember the OLA's coming out about halfway through. I hate yep. it. I have absolutely <laughs> hate it because I think it's just it's just sends out completely the wrong message. But basically, yeah, like we're watching our team play well, pass the ball well, and um, but like you say, West Brom knew, just let us have it. They knew we weren't going to do them that much damage they sat off sat off us and, and it did starve us of of any real creation. we were very good at passing the ball across the pitch, but anything incisive it was it was tough out there, and ultimately forty four minutes into the game, given that there was a bit of um a break for a couple of injuries but forty four minutes you got. An experienced defender in, uh, in Gavadon not really making a challenge and letting uh, Sessignon wander into the box. And you've got an experienced defender in Damien Delaney dropping deep, almost standing on the keeper, uh, rather than coming to meet the, the ball across the edge of the box. Um, if someone had taken responsibility and stayed with Barino, then, then Barino doesn't get a time to put his foot on the ball and then pass it into the corner like that. Great finish, but under absolutely zero pressure. And you What's cannot that? do that. You can't do it in the Premier League.
3: Yeah, watch that, though. If you see, um, when I watch the replay, you watch Gabadon go out wide. And Joel Ward, as much as I love him, he's standing there and he just watches him run past. Then Jednak's standing on the edge of the box and making him run past. In a mm. championship, you might get away with that. Even Dee you've got this, this lad's... How old is this lad, 19? Put mm. him under pressure. Put him under pressure. Don't, give, don't let him have it easy. Absolutely, yeah. just get into him. But and, it's, I mean, and we've just stood there and watched him do it. That's, that's, that's below championship. As much as we say, oh, well, we're making championship mistakes, that's pathetic. But for it's me, Alex,
4: the, the mistake's been made even before the ball comes across. The mistake's been made in simply not picking up a run. Now, obviously, you watch games week in, week out, not at any level, and <laughs> people, people make good runs and avoid defenders and step one side, go the other, that sort of stuff. But he didn't have to. You know, he, All he had to do was casually sort of jog to the edge of the box and wait for that ball to come across. Like I say, good passing movement it was from West Brom. Great ball across the box, perfectly picked him out. All the time in the world, but why is no one was with him? I mean, for me, for me, it's it shows the mentality. I mean, Delaney, for example, his mentality is okay. If a shot comes in, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna get this ball off the line. I'm gonna be the one who gets this ball off the line. But ultimately, he's done that, and obviously, expected someone else to pick up the player. But when no one takes responsibility. That's what we're talking about when we talk about defensive organisation. And Keith Millen knows how to organise a, a, a team. and knows how, you know, He's played centre-back himself. He knows what they need to do. It's not really, I don't think it comes from coaching. It comes from motivation. It comes from focus and all those sorts of things. And that's where we're really suffering, in my view. Um, mm. If anyone, uh, anyone, any of our listeners do disagree or have a point to add on that, you do get in contact with us today. Uh, tweet at, at HOLradio. Uh, email radio at uh, you can message us on Facebook, which I'm going to read a bit out of a little bit later on. Uh, facebook.com forward slash radio. Um, What else have I forgotten? Uh, there's the chat room. <laughs> HOLradio.net forward slash chat. Anything going on in there at the moment, Alex?
3: No, we're just we're having a few arguments here about chances and if they happened or not. Someone <laughs> said, oh, we didn't have the chances, so we can't talk about being clinical. But then good old oh. Andy Hay- A here said, mm. Jednakadah, Palasi shot, Thomas shot. Had about three. Um, Guidiora had one. We still had enough shots to because yeah, if we go one 0 up there, it's a completely yeah. different game. Like, I it honestly is, feel as if that's what we need. If we stick the ball in the net, I just feel as if we're gonna pick ourselves Alex,
2: up. Alex,
5: Alex, it just yeah. to say, I mean, realistically, do you think? And this might be going a bit beyond the game, but I, I the, the question that I sort of was asked, I was coming to terms with yesterday was. We're getting these chances, but do we real- realistically have that person who is going to stick it in the back of the net? I don't know the answer. I guess I'm just putting the question that, out there. Yeah,
4: that He's comes- injured. <laughs> yeah, there is that. That comes neatly onto what we'll talk about uh, very shortly, which is Chimac. I do want to point out statistics uh, in that game. I'm very aware that I only tell part of the story. I'm also very aware that a lot of Palace's shots came in that final five minutes. But, um, but we, the shot count was 12-9 to Palace, uh, with four each on target the possession was 51% in favor of of palace um you know just shading that and uh, other than west brom's massive corner count um, i think it, it shows you that we weren't out of that game we, we you know we controlled periods of it mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me and we and we had a go at goal uh, but too often I, I, too many players don't shoot and for me the biggest culprit is mario anchamack um i'm not someone who it's going to sit here and say that that Schumack is not a good player and doesn't have ability, and I'm not going to say that it's, there's a factor of confidence uh, and that he's not getting the support that he needs around him. But basically, there's there's two things, right? Chomak is playing as, as a focal point of the attack, so he needs to do he needs to do two things. He needs to offer a threat, a goal, and he needs to be able to hold that ball up. Um, he he's doing neither at the moment. Um, he's he's unwilling to have a shot. Uh, even if you look at the great work he did against Arsenal when Arteta took him down, he was much more concerned with making sure he got that foul than he was with trying to get stay on his feet and push on and get actually get a shot away at target, on target. Against Southampton, ran through, had, a, had plenty of time to get a shot away, but chose instead to try and draw a foul from the keeper. Was he unlucky? Did he dive? Who knows? But basically, his focus is not on getting a shot away. And, and that doesn't really that doesn't help in our situation because you've got to get shots on target. I, I heard on the uh, Match of the Day highlights, which I watched a moment ago to refresh my memory, that Schumacher had, had two shots on target all season. Two shots on target. Now, again, I'm not trying to make him a, sca- him a scapegoat, but that isn't good enough for a player of his calibre. Um, And earlier on in the season, he, he looked he looked fantastic. You get two games from him, and then he's he's just getting worse and worse and worse. And yeah, it's definitely down. A lot of it's down to confidence. When a player doesn't, when a striker doesn't want to shoot, of course, it's a lot of confidence. But it gives it gives people reason to start saying that he's not trying. He's not putting the effort in. He tried a lot of things yesterday. Um, his his sort of main focus seems to be he wants to move the ball quickly when it goes up to him. But when he hasn't got support, there's no point trying to flick it on. There's no point trying to you know pay a, play a pass between four defenders to the one player who's up there with you. Sometimes you've got to get your foot on it, you've got to pass it back, you've got to build. And he's not really offering that. And there were players that were trying that. But, um, yeah, ultimately he ends up looking like, well, you know, he's taken a lot of stick all over the message boards. He's taken a lot of stick at the game. And and I don't, I'm not one who's going to say he isn't trying, but um, he doesn't look like the player he should look. Views on that, please, Alex? Yeah,
3: I just think, Any man that pays up his contract at Arsenal to come and play for us for his final chance in the Premier League, Mm. he's given it his all. He really is, and that might be the way that that his his body language is. You look at Berbatov, he strolls around, but he's still working his arse off. And I I do feel really sorry for him because I do feel as if you talk about only two shots there... Has he had many other? You you named a few other clear-cut opportunities mm. he's had, but I can't really think of that many. Whoever we're playing up there, we're not getting the support up quick enough. You look at that team yesterday; mm. the starting lineup had zero pace in that team. And if you're playing one man up front, as soon as he wins that ball, where does he go? Because if he brings it down and holds it for five seconds, he's still waiting for Jerome Thomas to bring his Zimmer frame up from the halfway line. <laughs> and, it's, and it's as simple as that. If he holds the ball up or not, we're still not going to go anywhere. But the one the, the one thing that frustrates me about him that I'll give you is, if there's a 50-50, Glenn Murray would absolutely just chuck his head at anything and he's got that about him where yeah. Shemak maybe wouldn't. And the one thing that frustrates me about Shemak is, it looks like he doesn't work hard, but the pointless ones where... Everyone knows he's not going to get the ball. He seems to sprint his ass off, and then yeah. the ones that well, the, what, the 50-50 ones, you go, oh, I'll just <laughs> do anything, and he doesn't. Mm. He just he, he, does, he pulls out of yeah, it.
4: Yeah, his goal, his goal against Stoke was all about chasing the lost course, and, and that was lovely to see at the time. But I mean, the basics aren't, the basics aren't happening. He needs, he can, he's got to help himself as much. as He's got to get support in around him. And like I say, the thing is, when when he's receiving the ball with his with his back to goal. I mean, that's where it is for me. He's trying to dink little balls around the corner for people. Now, maybe that comes from use, being used to playing with, with, with big, better ability players and things like that, but he's got to play the situation that he's in. We need him. We, we bought him in. We're paying, him, paying a lot of money for him in terms of wages because we know what he can do and because we know we, we need him to be a focal point. You know We haven't got Glenn Murray. We don't even know if Glenn Murray's going to be the same player when he comes back and whether he can... Uh, succeed at this level like like some of the others, like Ricky Lambert and, and what have you. But but I mean, that that's in, that's in the future. Right now, we need Marouane Shamak. I mean, basically, what's the option? Cameron Jerome, who hasn't exactly set the world on fire, and played in that under 21 cup defeat. That, that's where I, we are.
3: Yeah, yeah. I think that one opportunity though, where Shamak was in behind and that mm. ball came across and he tried to pass it across there, I felt as if you had someone a bit more energetic and a bit stronger, like Cameron Jerome, that we mm. might have actually got a little bit more out of that and a bit more of an initiative used, rather than just, let's just give it away.
4: Mm. I'll get some comment off of our, our Facebook thing in a minute, but I'll just do a <coughs> quick uh, question to Barney, just to get, get your opinion, Barney. Um, a lot of people are saying that um, the problem with Chamack is he needs someone alongside him. Now, is that something that we can do? Can we find a system where Shamak has got someone playing in a, an orthodox front too?
5: Um, I, I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. I think Shemak um, needs to probably... I, I'm just going with quotes that really kind of were coming out of Holloway's last press conference. And I kind of look mm-hmm. at Shemak's history and I think... You know, not to... I look at I look at how... Why did he leave Arsenal? Well, Arsene Wenger would never ever take on a player if he didn't think he could, you know, make them into a great player. Now a lot of people don't realise this. So Fenger you know, Arsene Wenger, can pick out players who don't even know they're great, and he can make them great. And we've seen that before. And I think, well, why did he leave Arsenal? Is it because he's not listening? Is it because he's, he feels that he has to play the game his own way? Um, I don't. I'm. I find, I find it very hard to. View what Shamak's role is up front. Is he a holding player? I don't think so. I think it's more, more of a, a get the ball and, and take it forward. I don't think he's got this. I, I, to be honest with you, Chris, I think you know. I think there's a massive confidence thing. I think he's got to commit himself to the cause a little bit. We've got to realise that you know this is he's come to a struggling club. The way that we're going to win matches is we're not going to be the best team on the pitch. We're going to be the we're going to t- be the team that puts our heart on our sleeves. And, and gives it our all, you know. And I don't think, to be honest with you, and on our stretches, the majority of our strikers, um, I don't think a lot of them would willing to do that. My feeling is, opposed to what Alex is saying, and I, I, I get what Alec, where Alex is coming from. The one view is, I've got my one last chance to play in the Premiership, and I can make it my, you know, my make my point. My the other way I would look at that is, oh, okay, well, I can go and play in the Premiership for one more season. The next team that's going to come up might think, "Oh, they'll have a snip at me. Mm-hmm. I'll get, you know, I'll get good money." I don't know. I mean, that's just yeah. another—that's another way yeah. of looking at it, I suppose. Yeah,
4: but yeah, and it's not an unpopular view amongst the support. There's a lot of people who, who think he's just there for a paycheck. I, I don't agree on that, but what I do agree on is that, well, what I do think is that we're not going to create a huge amount of chances as, as you're getting at, and we need someone who's going to put away those chances. I don't when, think he's that man. Well, yeah. Well, when when you're looking at a player who, before that game, had had two shots on target all season, um, that that is the problem. And Alex makes a good point. Are we creating enough for him? But I, if you get rejected, if you get left out, if you get asked
5: pretty much to go from Arsenal, and you know they didn't want him, West Ham didn't want him. I worry he's not a player that's going to get you goals, is he? But let's be honest.
4: But he's capable of it. That's the frustrating thing for me because he's he's shown it. You know, he's he scored in. He's got the record for consecutive goals in the Champions League. He's he scored goals, I and mean, he's not a, he's not he's not what I would class as you know utterly prolific. He's not an out and out goal scorer. That's not all he does. He is a link mm. player. He does he does like to link play, and he does it. He's good in the air, and he's good on the ground as well. He, oh, I think kind, he's had a lot. He kind of. He kind
5: of has a, oh, sorry Paul. No, I, I think he's had a lot of stick, to be honest with you, and I think he's actually, some games, I thought, yeah, the Arsenal game is fantastic. I thought maybe because he, he knows how to play him. Some get you know, the, everybody goes back to that moment where, you know, the Stoke game where he just sort of really cowered out of the way and you just think, what, you know, you just think, oh, why did you do that? Um, and I think everybody's sort of holding on to that moment where he ducked out of the way. Um yeah. But I think... You know that doesn't do him much good and maybe that's why, we, we don't need to get on the back of this guy, we've got him, we need to be really positive with him.
4: Look, Ultimately though mate, it's a brutal environment, it's a brutal absolutely. environment and, and when you lose every week as a fan base, you're watching your team losing every week, which we are at the moment, a seven on the trot <laughs> nine out of ten, it's a hard thing to take it really is. Absolutely, absolutely, um, we knew it was going to be um, like this though. Yeah, we, we did to a point but it doesn't make it any easier, I mean no, absolutely. Even, even me, if you'd, ask, if you'd ask me my opinion on Schmack after the game, you'd get a much more blunt and brutal assessment of Chimac. Now, I'm trying to, because, you know, because I'm here talking, I'm trying to consider all points of view. But ultimately, I right now, he, he, I would say, is not good enough. No, he's got to come out. He's the got to start proving us not good enough. Now, I some views, views from Facebook earlier on today. Um, John Ellicott was saying that uh, Chimac was working very well with Gay and there was some great link-up play, and we're unlucky not to score. Once he got injured, Punch and punching came on, we lacked any cutting edge. So the, the focus there was on Punch and wanting to do was take on too many players and not really helping out Schemac and not forming a partnership there, which is a fair point. Paul De Brecht says um Gadier looks like one player who's up for it. Um, but but basically, you know, he obviously went off the pitch and, and that really did um, cause us all sorts of problems. Um again, George Mann talking about the link up between Gadior and Shumack being important. It's interesting to consider if, if Gadyor had, had remained on the pitch but everyone, you know, Chap might have ended up on the score sheet, so might have ended up winning that game. We're probably having the opposite conversation. Um, Darren Chandler says that uh, Chmack's getting a lot of unfair criticism. Yes, he te- needs to take a few more shots at goal. Uh, he's holding up the ball well, maybe too much at times, which uh, it's interesting, completely opposite from uh, from how I observed it. But people saying he lacks effort are also wrong. Uh, he made more tackles than Moxie yesterday, or it seemed that way. His support was lacking once or went off. Um, he definitely looks like a good signing. But um, there you go. I mean, th- the views... Are kind of consistent in some ways in that people are saying that there was a partnership forming there and it was working but it just goes to show you that that one little thing that one little change and all of a sudden um you know all of a sudden there was um well, i've just noticed since he had colin fernley's uh messaged in saying there were 10 other players in the team besides to mac well we're gonna have a real battle to go through them all today colin um we've got an email from you earlier on which we'll, we'll come to in a second but, um, yeah, I don't want to dedicate the entire show to, to Marouane Chamat but, um, but um, on a similar vein, Jerome Thomas. Uh, I'm going to start with you, Alex, uh, if I may. Um, uh, you... Jerome Thomas bought in as a winger. Uh, what did he do yesterday?
3: Good question. I'm not really sure what he did, to be honest. And, I'm... <sighs> honestly, I'm sorry, when you've got Dwight Gale... And Yannick Bellassi sitting on that bench, and you have Jerome Thomas playing ahead of him. Mm. That's that's embarrassing to me. And I know I know what he's trying to do, Keith Mellon. he's trying to build a structure, and he's trying to put. He's a bit more defensive as opposed to the others, but he doesn't beat a man. There's no threat. They can sit there and watch us. As soon as Guardiola went off, they went right. We'll sit back. Uh, what, what what are they going to throw at us that is going to bother us in any shape or form? Yannick right. Balassi and Dwight Gale give you something else to think about. They go, oh, what's he going to do here? He's unpredictable. They could sit there and watch Jerome Thomas all day. They let him go for a reason because he wasn't good enough for them and he's not good enough for us. And I think he's out of his depth in this division.
4: It's, I, I found it incredibly frustrating. I know that when uh, Jerome Thomas is playing, he's a, he's a right-footed left winger, okay? So he's going to cut inside more often than not. I'm sure he can use his left foot to cross, but his, his, he, you know, he's going to cut inside. And obviously West Brom knew that and they probably played that to an extent. But um, but like you, I, I I just I just saw him and he was standing out there waiting to receive the ball and you know okay he, he got himself into positions where he could receive the ball. Sometimes people didn't pass to him and they should have done. But when he did get the ball, he just would not run with it. And you cannot you can't do that. You can't do that at this level. You can't have someone really um, you know trying to offer you width but just failing to deliver. it. And like you say, it's the options that are on the bench. And when um, when he was left on and barry bannon was taken off because bannon bannon had a decent game i thought yeah, I liked, I like him. every time i see him i think full he's of positive. energy he's positive yeah. isn't he and he keeps the ball the one thing we don't do he keeps the ball mm. yeah no he's, he's a very talented l- little player and more more to the point is he does the work as well he gets back you can see him he, he'll get very very deep if he needs to but when he when he does win the ball back he doesn't hang around he doesn't you know, walk up towards the centre circle. He's hurtling forward, just getting wide, trying to get in positions, getting in space. I think he did a, a great job of that yesterday, and he was one of the, the people who was a real driving force for us in our best spells. I felt. The so I mean, is that's you a,
3: need everyone. You, know, though. you need everyone to be doing that and picking up the ball and carrying mm. as far as you can. You can't have two players in a side that are working their arse off, going right. Well, let's move the ball quick, and then a couple of them going uh, hesitate. <laughs> But you yeah. need to be all on the same page. Watch Barcelona. Honestly, I'm not comparing that to Barcelona. But look, they're all on the same thing. They're the best team in the world because they know what they're doing. They push. They push and they push and they push. They're the best team in the world and they do that. I'm not saying we could be as good as them. I wish no, we
4: but, could. Uh, but no, but you're right in terms of it's a team philosophy. And I know Colin uh, Fernley emailed us earlier and he's talking about that he feels the reason for, um, talk about individual errors more than anything. But he does feel that we're playing as individuals rather than a unit. And that's the reason for the individual errors. They don't know. Uh, where they should cover or where they should lay the ball off to, and it's it's an interesting point to sort of link into what you're saying, and I think that's definitely a factor. There's it's part of it's players who, who are not used to playing with me uh, in alongside each other and playing with each other. I nearly said having bad, wouldn't it? But anyway,
2: um,
4: <laughs> you know what I mean. It's like it, there, there's um, there's a degree of uh, uncertainty in the team, but but there's also players trying wanting to do too much. I know people have, have said that of Jason Punchin as we mentioned earlier and tweet him from James James Digby said can any of you answer why we stuck punching in the middle when he came on and leave, leave Bannon on the wing it's exactly what we're talking about um, I don't know if Bannon's the shift that he put in meant that he was tired and suffering with cramp or got an injury but it just it just seemed the wrong decision you had He had a completely static winger out there. Um, sorry, yeah, I've got, I'm getting the wrong substitution now. But um, they're talking about leaving Bannon on the wing and not playing Bannon in central midfield. So let me backtrack, yeah. Um, so, but, I mean, obviously Puncham's brought in because he can play a number of positions. And one of those positions is in behind um, the, the forward. And that's where Gadio happened to have been playing. He was, he was the more advanced of the midfield. You had KG and Jednak sitting in that partnership that we're so used to. Uh, and and the the guy ahead was 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 Now obviously we bought Gagliorio thinking he's he's in there as a an alternative to Jednak or maybe alongside Jednak at certain times, and we didn't really see him as the as the player further forward. But he did play that role and he was doing it well. So I think that's that was the thinking that Punchin has played there. Um, but I, I kind of I agree with James because uh, it seems a natural role for ba- uh, for Bannon to play and Punchin playing wide would be better. But having said that, what what pace really did. Uh, I was whistled when I spoke there. What well, yes. pace really did. uh what's happening. What's happening to me? Um, but yeah, Punchin's not really offering any pace. Um, thoughts on that? Uh, well, Barney, I think it's probably your turn. Um, should should we have brought Bannon in in, beh- in Bannon in behind? Well, oh, that's difficult to say. Bannon in behind Tremac um, instead, and and put Punchin out wide. Do you think that'd have been more effective?
5: Yeah, I think in a way, I think Bannon's, um I really like Bannon.
4: I think I kind of uh, a couple of games ago, I think it was um, I like I was either I
5: can't remember which one it was, but I remember watching, thinking, ah, he's a bit of a terrier. He's a bit of a you know, he's a bit of a Williams, and I like that sort yeah, of player. And that's good. the sort of that's the sort of player I like, you know, and that's the sort of player that's always going to cause a little bit of terror. Going back to Alex's point, it's not exactly you don't have to be the best. You have to question the man that is marking you, and that's what Bannon can bring in. And maybe that would have been a good person just to stick behind Shamak just to take the attention off Shamak a little bit I don't know um, so yeah I mean I think yeah I mean but Belassi's just you know Belassi's one of those players that makes other players question where he's going to go and he, he, he takes the attention away from other players and you know players like Belassi and, and perhaps Bannon they 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 attract two players to mark them sometimes which obviously then frees up other areas of the pitch so you know, having those two on the pitch certainly is, a, is an added bonus and, and maybe it's something that they both need to push a little bit more forward and just
4: protect that, that front man that we've got at the top. OK. Um, I want to sort of move us on a, a little bit from that. I think it's, it's yeah, it's a, it's a good assessment. I think, I mean, it's difficult. Like I said, the, the problem was the, the game plan was ruined by an injury and we're talking about trying to get uh, punching or... Or uh, Bannum playing in that role that Gay Diora vacated, but I think ultimately, when you look at it, Gay Diora was the right player to play there, and um, that's the kind of the frustrating thing. I think. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of where we are. I did pick up on a tweet just a moment ago that um, mentioned Jednak's header, and I think that's something we we haven't talked about yet. Um, yeah, it was a it was a horrible moment for me because uh, the angle I was at at the game um, sort of was right over on the far side, looking across the pitch and. Uh, from behind the goal and it was it, it the ball sort of hit, hit Jednak's head and I was up to, to celebrate and the, the trajectory was towards me so obviously straight away I'm like oh well that's not going in and I and I've sort of seen it back on the highlights and it was, it's just that's a moment that's the moment isn't it I mean that's the sort of moment that can turn a season you know that goes in the net we we're, we were in the, rest, the ascendancy uh play you know players are up maybe you know a bit more willing to get forward fire a few more shots off we can actually that that what ended up being a relative stroll to a 2-0 win for West Brom could have you know, could have been completely the other way. And I hate the fact that we're having to talk about these moments every week. Every week we're having to say, oh, if only we'd put that chance away. If only we'd done that. Only, you know, and only this person hadn't done that. And I suppose that's where we are. That's that's what we've got to do. Got to got to deal with it at the moment. Um, frustrating. It, it really is. I, I don't know if I've got any other word to sum up that game. It's... Um, Incredibly frustrating. Just one last little bit, really, um, on the on the passing of the team. Um, uh, as I mentioned earlier, there were some really good spells of, of possession football, but nothing particularly. Any cutting passes seem to be cut out pretty well. Teams are sort of standing off us, letting us letting us give the ball to them essentially, and we're doing it a lot. Um, what do you think, Alex? Is it is it a case, or is the is the the poor passing? These passes going astray? Is it a case that the players aren't good enough to play the passes that they're trying, or is it a case that because we're down the bottom, because we're struggling, we, we're just we're simply trying things that we shouldn't be trying. Or and wh- what is it? What do you think? Why do we keep losing our our passing rhythm?
3: You don't you don't get this far in a career without being able to pass the ball five yards. Um, mm-hmm. We did do that for twenty minutes. We kept the ball, and maybe at times it was negative, but we kept it, and that's the most we kept all season. People say that's one of the best we played. Um, if we keep the ball. Teams are going to come at us because they're going to get frustrated. In the end, they can go, "All right, let them pass the ball around." They won't do anything, but West Brom aren't going to want to settle for that. They'll get in our faces, and then gaps open up for people to to get in into spaces. But for me, yesterday the most frustrating thing we kept the ball four or five passes. We'd give it to Delaney, and then he would hoof it 25 yards. And the worst one is. The most pass I've seen us put together, it must have been twelve fifteen. went back to Delaney, he's booted it and it's gone straight to their goalkeeper. What a waste. Just keep the ball for five minutes and then confidence grows from keeping the ball. If we're competing and we've got possession, we're going to go, all right, let's think about our next move then. let's. Where's mm. this pass coming from? And I just well, think things would open up if we could frustrate teams a little bit more mm. by
4: doing that. I think that's quite a bit of, bit of patience maybe, yeah. I mean, I suppose the thing is Delaney seems to have that role where he's almost playing... I think I called him the quarterback the other week. It is kind of like that. that we're, he's the guy that we'll knock the ball back to. thing is, Delaney can play a bit as well, and that, that gets missed because he's, he's playing these long passes. But there was a lovely little scooped uh, through ball he played yesterday that I thought was fantastic. And it, it's weird to, to see him because you know he's one that cares, and he's actually one that, that has the confidence to run with the ball. But you don't want your centre-back doing it. You really don't. And he keeps going yeah. and playing up front at the end of the game, is I'm thinking, he, I like it, I do and he's actually quite effective up there um, but That's it like, though, get too, rid of <laughs> Delaney up there. But the thing is, I'm actually thinking it, and we're a premiership side and I shouldn't be thinking, let's stick our centre back up front, having said that everyone remembers Paul Warhurst for a certain vintage anyway, you, you guys <laughs> don't but um, yeah um, I'm going to gonna move us on, I just, there's a couple of um, it's a messaging from Graham Burt uh, from Harlow, who's, who's it's a good, probably a good way to sort of sign this one off, and it says that let's face it, we're a championship-quality team playing in the Premiership. Uh, where would I rather see us play in the Premiership? Of course. So let's enjoy it while we can. Uh, just as long as we plan for the future, ensure we can use the remainder of this season to set the foundations, metaphorically and literally, for the next ten years. So it's a very good uh, long-term view. That I mean, and I'm, I in a, in a way, I was having a conversation with a, with a friend earlier today about the difference between us and Hull and Cardiff, the you know teams that came up with us. He was quite rightly pointing out that um, they went out and spent quite large sums of money um, on specific players. Like um, Corker, for example, got the winner today for Cardiff. Um, And he was a player that they spent £8 million on, and I I dread to think the the size of the contracts. We've decided not to go that way. Now, there's an argument that says that if we'd gone out and bought four or five players instead of sort of 15 or 16 for big sums of money and and offered big contracts, there's an argument that that would have disrupted team spirit less. And we added quality in key areas. Now, we we've, we've tried to change an awful lot and, and get ourselves into a certain situation and with a certain mentality. And there's an argument to say that we did it wrong. Um, I'm, I I don't really have a view on that at the moment because I'm looking at how Cardiff and Hull are performing and I'm thinking, yeah, I can see that and we've made a mistake. But at the same time, when you you look at what Graham's saying about planning for the future, about dealing with the, the high possibility of relegation, which was always the case when we came up the way we did and with the squad that we did so uh maybe we are doing the right thing by by just ex- almost accepting that next year we we want a really good championship side that can get get back up again and build more and just you know just improve the club so that's where we are i'll leave i'll leave the, the game talk there uh we want to take a, a moment we're probably going to slightly overrun them because i've left this a bit late but um uh, I've, got a moment. I've got an email in from Stephen Barton talking about the managerial situation. I'm going to read that, uh, and then we'll have a little chat about it and have a little chat about who, who's ruled themselves out and things like that. So anyway, Stephen, Stephen went, went with, uh, Last season, when the team was in good form, the manager list spell was not really a problem. Uh, this time around, the team need a new, new new impetus, and the sooner this happens, the better. Uh, more important, however, is that whoever we appoint, it must be someone who will likely stay with us if/slash when we go down to keep some consistency and improve our chances of bouncing straight back up. Uh, for this reason, I prefer Alex McLeish or even Neil Warnock just to keep <laughs> just to keep me happy. Thanks for that, mate. Uh, over Tony Pulis, uh, McLeish got um, Birmingham. Was Birmingham? BHFC? Mm. It was Birmingham, B H F C. I'm confused now. It
2: was Birmingham. Birmingham
4: yeah, why H? Anyway, Birmingham <laughs> back to the Premier League when they got relegated. I think Pulis could jump ship if we go down. Then we're back to square one. I might be able to can of worms here, but what, what has everyone got against Chris Coleman? Mm, that is a can of worms. Uh, remember, it's all about points of view. We might be bottom of the league, but we're also merely two wins away from our targeted position. And that's as of the first of November when he wrote to the um when he wrote that uh email. And there's a there's a lot in there. I think when you go to certainly the the Tony Pulis situation is that he. The indication is he, he doesn't want the job. Uh, same with Martin O'Neill. That was um, Alex McLeish is one that popped up during the week. Um, my initial reaction was one of revulsion, um, and then, <laughs> and then I kind of I did that thing where you, I I do this with uh, this bit. This is a non-football uh, uh, comparison, but I keep doing it with Ricky Gervais. I like Ricky Gervais. Think he's really funny, but because lots of people slag him off in the media and stuff every now and then, I I kind of keep avoiding his. Uh, anything new that he does, before I remember that I actually find him funny. And then that's my comparison of Alex McLeish, in that it will actually stop when I look at what he's done, that he won a cup with Birmingham. The Birmingham team was, was quite a difficult situation with the owners looking to, to get away and go and buy West Ham, uh, and then leaving him in a strange situation with quite a weird owner. Um, and then you've got um yeah the Villa situation They're very much in transition. Um, Paul Lambert, who took over had a similar struggles for a long period after until they've started picking up recently with the signing of Ben Teke. Um, so McLeish, although maybe an uninspiring name, I don't think you can really say he's a terrible manager. Uh, and that brings us on to Chris Coleman. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to pick, that was my link. Really? Not even, I'm not sure I really feel like that. Um, Coleman, I don't think his record stands up to someone like McLeish. Um, and even then, I'd, I'm, McLeish wouldn't be my choice. Uh, I did mention i again i will mention it again i do i think i think a Neil warnock type for for the rest of the season, and then while while he's in charge look to look to the the, the lower leagues for a forward thinking manager who's playing good football got people organized is' inspiring the people he works with um you know rate him all that sort of stuff just take a bit of time over it while you've got someone sensible in charge uh, and that, that's how I think we should go uh, I accept that that's probably not going to be the case because I think we're um I think we're looking further afield, but um, <clears throat> excuse me, we'll come to that in a second. Uh, but Chris Coleman, most people's problem with Chris Coleman uh, relates to sort of a couple of things, really. I suppose off the field stuff, um, you know, sort of drink driving issues. I think there were, or I don't know if it was ever proved. So i will say that allegedly. Um, and he had, you know, the car crash that ended his career. He's, you know, he got his uh, celebrity girlfriend, all that sort of stuff. But I, I think, um, I think really he's not someone whose name is synonymous with inspiring and organizing a team. Um, whether that's right or wrong, whether the, I suppose the statistics back that up. I'm, I can't really say I'm sure he, he had, a, he did well at Fulham for, for a while uh, before, you know, it was clear he wasn't going to be able to take them on any further. Coventry, he was awful at, but then I mean, you look at what's happened to them since, you kind of think, well, maybe he was on a hide into nothing. Um, he had issues in, was it Larissa, he meant a manage, where yeah, he uh, got, got sacked for uh, basically getting drunk and forgetting to go as to the well, press it, conference. A yeah, yeah, yeah. Real yeah, Saucedad, yeah. And, and you know, had a re- reasonable record there but didn't really hang around. So I think basically when it comes down to it is when, when fans look at managers to come in, it, it's such an important position for, for owners, but it's also an important position for fans. And they want to be inspired by who comes in. That you Basically, Ian Holloway's gone, okay? So whatever you think of Holloway, when he joined most people looked at him and thought well that's an inspiring name it's it's a manager who did a mate an amazing thing at blackpool um he, you know he, he's you know got a high a big media personality he's you know you might not like him but he's got you know very very infectious personality and and it was a big name to come in it really was and people want similar people don't want to replace ian holloway with someone who's a a smaller name and a less known but you know that's and, and and kind of almost on that subject, the, the one that's broken today, the odds are dropping on is um a Spanish guy It's Carranca, is it? Aitor Carranca?
3: Yeah, Aitor Carranca. Yeah,
4: so now um former um former defender who played played at Real Madrid and has also been a coach there recently. Uh, assistant under Mourinho I think he was. And um, yeah, 2010 one, Yeah, 13. Oh, thanks very much, Alex. That's right. Fountain of knowledge. Now he's um a desire to get into management and is odds on favorite for the Middlesbrough job. Uh, and there's obviously, I think it's been confirmed that, uh, that Mr. Parrish has been in Spain, uh, racing and potentially talking to someone as well. So I think people are putting a lot of that together and sticking some money on that's probably responsible for the movement. But if it happens, it seems, uh, on the message boards, a lot of people seem quite keen on it. Um, thoughts, please, gentlemen.
3: Um, it's, different. <coughs> it's a bit left field isn't it? it's, uh, hmm. Is it someone that would come in now and keep us up? Don't think so. Um, how well does he know the English game? I, I obviously think he knows it pretty well, but it's very difficult. We've got one Spanish player. Um, I don't know. How, I don't know what his English is like, but I I I think long term maybe. He's only young. I think he's only forty. Mm. Long term solution maybe. Right now, probably not my choice, but so not an one interesting
4: to, choice. Not one to keep us up, but maybe one uh, for the future to maybe build something.
3: Yeah. And I think, I think that's what we really need to look to is building a project and a long-term plan of where where Crystal Palace wants to be. And I think if you look at the signings in the summer, that's what we were about, about building a solid foundation of a side that if it does go down, we don't do a Wolves, Blackburn, Bolton and end up in league one or bottom half championship team that we really go up and we can make sure that we've young, fresh players that are really going to give it a go.
4: Um, Barney, so there's been a bit of um, certainly a more positive reaction to Karanka than anyone else. I'm not saying you, so you'll be probably be like me, know very little about him. Do you think it's just because it's an exotic name, and it's there's a little bit of this kind of almost blinkered kind of behaviour? They're thinking, well, a little bit like how Brighton were with Oscar Garcia. Um, I well, I think you know, really, Southampton were the guys that set this whole trend
5: going. Mm. You know, everybody mm. slated them for getting rid of Atkins that time and that i look at them. You know, they're just he's this you know, absolutely fantastic Southampton this season. And um yeah, I mean I think we've just gotta I think we've got to rein it in a little bit. Um mm. you know, this guy's obviously had a little bit of experience, probably worked with one of the best managers of all time arguably in, in Mourinho. Um, you know, he might bring something to the might bring something to the table. But I have to admit I I find this argument of or, you know, do we prepare for the future? And uh, I just find it a little bit out there. And I'm thinking, hang on, we're just coming into November. You know, the the Parish Holloway press conference, which I've watched over a few times now, because I just think it's absolutely brilliant. Um, you know, they're quite openly saying, look, we didn't get it right in the summer. We didn't possibly buy the right players. Um, and I'm thinking, well, why are we taking that same attitude now to when we, replace, when we get a manager in? A lot of these guys, I don't think, are anywhere near as good as Holloway. What Holloway's saying is, you need someone who's going who's got that experience, you know, who's who's got that Premier League caliber caliber about them. Um, and I have to admit, these names that are coming forward, you know, Chris Coleman, and um, you know, Stuart Pearce, Stephen Taylor, that lot. I mean, hang on a minute. No, they're not. They're not Premiership boys. Let's let's be honest. They're not. They're not the people. And you know i i, I get neil warnock i think Neil warnock's a great manager but he's a championship manager you know mm. let's give this a bloody good go why are we not why are we so not that, going out so, and getting Pudis?
2: And yes, I, well, I,
5: I, and i hate to say that because i, was, I think i think I was, stoke played the most boring football in the world mm. but well, i'll start it out the, I
4: the indication the indication being that we did try and get pugilists and he's not interested because he doesn't believe we'll stay up whether that's true you, you can only believe so much in the media but i w- i would be very surprised if, if in spite of the fan resistance i'd be very surprised if um if steve parrish hadn't seriously wanted to uh persuade Pulis to, to take charge um but there you go i think obviously o'neill was another one they wanted but that's the thing those things aren't happening so it's, it's where do you go you've got to kind of you kind of think that um i'm going to sort of come come back to um i'm going to round up a bit of the uh communication in a little while because we've had plenty in there's a few things i want to pick out there that are amusing me but um just the last little bit on this billy camp got in touch earlier on and said, uh, what are your guys' thoughts on Milan staying and, and what position should he hold? Now, obviously he doesn't want to stay as manager, so we, we won't talk about that really. But um, Doesn't he? Well, he doesn't, said he doesn't.
3: Yeah, because if he gets offered that job, he's not going to turn it down, let's face Probably it. Probably not, but um, I,
4: I would just point to his comments at the end of the West Brom game where he talked about this a you know, a new voice, new ideas and all that sort of stuff. I think after, after what happened there, he, he doesn't feel that he's... He's the man to change things. I've got no problem with and at all. He seems a really nice guy, and I think he's a genuinely intelligent football manager. And I think, you know, I'm glad, glad that he says that he's enjoying it and he'd like to get back into management. But I think he's right. He's probably not going to be with us. Um, I'm interested to see if, if he's offered whoever comes in, if he's offered uh, a chance to stay. I'd like to see him stay as an assistant manager. I think it's a good position for him to be. Um, I think he needs to work with the players day in, day out, but that might be difficult having even having had this temporary spell. So, I don't know. Um, last thought on that, Barney. What, what do you see Millen's future Outs, outside of the club, or maybe staying no, on?
5: I'd like to see him stay in the club. He's called a boy, local lad. He's got the um, he's got the heart. You know, he's got uh, he's got the passion for the club. We need people like that in the club. You know, um, whatever capacity he feels he needs to stay in. I don't. I, I would argue that if you get a new manager, and I think you have to give him the choice of who his number two is and what his backroom staff is. But I think um, he's he's got the team up and running in this very difficult situation. I think you'd be, uh, I think we'd be a, f- a foolish club to um, to let him go.
4: All right. Well, um, I'm obviously it'd be interested to see who who takes charge for the team against Everton, and we'll be previewing that Everton game in just a moment. We very quickly want to just give the sort of summary that gives of the contact we've had today. Uh, just the four-word reviews, first of all, to give you an idea of where people's minds are. Um, most of them are of the, this ilk. You've got uh, Cliff Jones, who said, needs to need to improve everywhere. Andy Burton says, lack of creative midfielder. Um, Brad, uh, Brad Gillum says, fourth bottom is achievable, which is a positive one. Uh, alongside Simon King, who's beat who's put beat Derby's 11 points, which made me laugh. Um, uh, Brian says, can't score goals help, which is my favourite. Uh, Colin Meach says, too many passing errors. I just like the idea of just sending in like can't score goals help. It's not really a sentence, but it's funny. Uh, just me then. <clears throat> um Lee Say well, uh, asked a question about why don't we pass to Chamak for any of the dozen or so good runs he's made, which gives it gives it a little bit of um see so Williams would sort have of sipped him in, that gives a little bit of uh, weight to the argument that we were having about Chamac really not getting the uh, the service as well. But um like I say, I think it's hard not to not to judge him harshly on that performance. Um, a few little bings, th- uh, bings, things. Uh, I think that's Mark of Football Promo says that Jerome Thomas was crap against Crawley. I think that um, kind of sums up his feelings, talking about uh, um, his performance. Um, Lee Ward says Bannon Ward and Moxie were the standout trio from the game. Uh, damn it. Uh, the managerial change Jeff Pearson wants nobody. <laughs> Daniel Stone wants Andy Hessenthaler. And um, Wayne says that the next palace manager will be Steve McQueen. I'm pretty sure there's uh, laws against employing corpses. Uh, Stuart, Stuart Traven says that Michael Kane for an escape to victory. I don't think people are taking this seriously. Uh, there you go. I think this kind of also um, shows just how uh, how few options there are out there. We're having to go with fantasy options. Well, why not a positive fantasy option? Uh, can't really think of one at the moment. Struggling, really. Joe um, wants it. That's fantasy, isn't it? I know, Joe. Yeah, Joe. That's just his fantasy. I don't really... It, 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 it don't no. It's definitely not mine. No, <laughs> no exactly. <laughs> uh, after uh, any... Well, you missed out on it, but after those of us that were managed by him at uh, the uh, Fiverrside uh, charity game recently, certainly want to steer clear of that. And, and Joe was listening earlier. I hope you heard that, Joe, and I hope it makes you feel sad. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lee, uh, Lee Saywell also asked earlier on what, what's happened with Campania. Good question. <laughs> don't have an answer for you. Um, apparently, there was no half-time bust-up, but he's not been in the squad since. Played, uh, like many others, in that under-21 uh, Cup game in the loss to Exeter. Uh, apparently, didn't cover himself with a lot of glory. But having said that, he's a very young lad in the new country. doesn't really speak the language, so I think you've got to give him a lot of time to settle on. People know the talent that he's got, and that's why they want to see him in the team every week. But, um, ultimately, I just don't think... Um, I think you've got to be patient, and I know we hate that at the moment. Um, it's hard. It's hard to be patient when we're uh, we're losing so much. I've just noticed that Lee Ward has also said Hambo for manager. My CV's in. I've not had a phone call yet, but obviously people are busy. So, um, yeah, yeah. All right. Let's have a little chat about Everton then. So, next week it's our first Saturday, 3 p.m. kickoff home game, which I really am happy about. That's that's the one thing I'm really cheerful about. Cause it's been so long. I've been out of Routine. It's difficult. What time do you go to the pub? It's an early kick-off. to be been a pub at 9 o'clock. Well, you don't have to, but yeah. Um, and then these late kick-offs, just, it's just not felt right. And this is the first time we're going to get one of these. So uh, Obviously, Everton. I think they're, what, seventh in the league, must be? Um, drew 0-0 with Tottenham today. Uh, playing well under Martinez. Um, saw a few comments that we've got, got nothing to worry about or anything like that, I heard, uh, someone was saying earlier on. But, I mean, really you know, they're a they're a, they're a top half team most years, in fact probably every year for a long while now. A uh, very very talented bunch of players. Um, and the signing of Lukaku has just been immense for them. Just a just an absolute beast up front, and still barely in his twenties, I think, barely in, into his 20s. I think he must be twenty maybe. Um, so look, it's going to be a tough game. They're all tough games, but where are we going to? Is this going to be a chance for points, Alex?
3: Um. Come on, come on. I will try and be positive. Uh, They're very good. They're very good. I watched them today and they they certainly dominated the Tottenham team, but they're not that brilliant. But there's chances for points in every game, let's face it, even if you're Crystal Palace. Um, Let's be positive, but I'm just very scared about Lukaku versus Delaney and Gabadon. That's something that slightly worries me, but we'll give it a go. That's it. We'll turn up. We'll give it 100%. That's the main thing
4: is that
3: the key battle for you do you think i think all i think every single posi- position in the pitch is the key battle i think their wingers morellas and baines overlapping that'll be key for joe ward we we've had a lot of confidence in him this year and he's done very well so i think i think we'll see Jerome thomas play on the right again because he's a bit more defensive as opposed to, to mm-hmm to a, a, a Balassi or someone so I can feel the inspiration but maybe we'll see Bannon play that side actually and, and drop deeper but it's going to be all over the pitch they're going to dominate the ball we've got to accept that but we've got to get in their faces we've got to get Balassi, Gale chasing them down putting them under so much pressure Campana's got to be in there keeping the ball I should be manager I've decided
4: <laughs> thanks for that Alex uh, finally we're going to get away from Alex's ego for a moment and um, where, where can Palace get in this game where can where can we get something from it? What, what change do we make? What system do we play? Have you got anything?
5: Well, I think we've just got to revert back. Well, in fact, I think we've got to go a bit sort of Holloway time down. We've got to be attacking as soon as we come out. We've got to really push forward on and We've got to have the defence has got to be a nice high line, I think. Um, Everton midfield with Barry um, dominating that now. What a great loan signing that was for them this season. I think he's going to be strong. Um, and I think we've just got to play them at their own game a little bit. You know, I just, I hate, well, Palace are crap when we just sort of sit back and let, let the other teams attack us, and that's where we go wrong, in my opinion. Well, look, we're at Sellers, the crowd's going to be mental, as ever. We've just got to get right behind them like we've been doing every game this season. And I think we can get a draw. I honestly do. And I think we can push for a win as well, and I think we've just, we just got to give it 110. I want the bloody players crawling off the pitch at the end of Saturday's game. Literally, I want them to be
4: that knackered. And uh, obviously, if we're, we're, we may have a new manager by that point. We may not. Who knows? Um, my gut feeling is we, we probably won't at this late stage. Um, it's I'll say late stage. Obviously, it's seven days, but it's a difficult one. You, you, I, I just mean, obviously, you'd expect a new manager to come in and they tend to sit in the stand for the first game because um, they won't have had a chance to work with the players and impart any ideas. And then there's the international break after that. So I really think we're going to be seeing... A, you know, a similar lineup that we saw against West Brom, similar style. Uh, where I think we can we can win it. I think we've got to start Balassi. Yeah, uh, I agree. Whatever happens, I, I you know he might not even play well. He might might not do the right things, but he's a direct. He's direct, and he will create something. There will be something. I mean,
5: start with Gale as well.
4: Yeah, yeah. Again, and I, I think maybe, maybe like you say, maybe we do go attacking. Maybe we start with Gale and Tremac together. See if that helps. See if what that we got gets... to lose.
5: It's what is my question to it. What We got to lose. Yeah. Everybody thinks we're gonna. We're gonna. Everybody thinks we're gonna lose anyway. To we're playing our defensive way. Sod it. Let's just go out of there. Let's just see if we can get an early goal. Yeah. If we get an early goal, let's sit back then. But let's get the bloody no. goal
4: first. Now let's keep going. Yeah, I'm... we'll
3: get destroyed if we sit back. <laughs> yeah, just keep
4: going. Just keep going. <laughs> just,
3: just do whatever you want. Just go, run, run. It's run. not a bad. It's not a bad option,
5: is it? Let's just give him free reign. Yeah. What's the worst that can happen?
0: I'm on, <laughs> on might
3: drugs,
4: apparently. Yeah, Bus-
3: yeah. said, I'm on drugs. Thanks, yes,
4: I'm, <laughs> I'm uh, picking up on a few interesting tweets. Jill, uh heard it uh, just. <laughs> Just said earlier when he takes over, he's going to cancel my season ticket. Cheers, mate. Sorry about that. Um, Radzi's actually gone for a, a 1-0 win against Edmund for Palace. Uh, David M., I don't know if that's David Moyes, says he'll go uh, 2-2 because why the hell not? Hashtag optimistic. Uh, I can't read out the, uh, the, the name of this person. I'll go with their... Uh, that's just good. Sorry, uh, Aidan Tullock, There you go. Uh, says three uh, two to Palace. So more positivity. Stuart Drayton says heart. Heart uh, says two one honest or three one defeat. Let's go two one heart. Everyone says we're going to win. Daniel Stones says two one Palace. Uh, Football Promo says two uh, one Palace. And um, Barbara Paul says two two nil to Palace. There you go. Chumack and Delaney to score in their new strike partnership. I guess. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. Uh Ryan's Ryan CPFC's gone for 0-0. Lee Ward has gone for one one. Uh Football Promo is asking for a Gadio injury update. I've literally seen nothing online. I'd you know nothing at all. So um I hope he's fit because he was he did make a difference uh, for those first twenty minutes. Uh Terrence off redandbluearmy.co.uk. Uh, if you haven't visited his site do, it's fantastic. Um he's gone with two 2-0 Everton also predict that Lukaku will actually eat Daddy Gabadon perhaps on some toast that's probably a fair prediction hmm, Gabadon on toast um, there you go so that'll do for now that was exciting wasn't it um, hmm, there we go he's having a scan on his ribs someone's gone with 7-0 Facebook Jason Rourke said 2-2 that was his prediction there I think that's I think that's covered everything it was a bit of a strange end to the show but, um, but yeah I've forgotten anything. What do you reckon?
3: Who do we want to be the next manager?
4: Who do we want to be the next manager? Well, I've given my opinion. I'll stop. What do you think?
3: I would like Tony Popovich. Uh,
4: Can you give me a very, very quick summary of your reasons why? He's
3: young. He's got an affinity to the club. He can come in with an experienced guy and work with. And I just think he sorted our defence out last time. He can do it again. He can relate to every single player in that dressing room. It's a long-term appointment, and I think if he doesn't have enough to keep us up this year, it'll certainly give us, give us a very good opportunity to get back up the year after.
4: OK, uh, Barney, who's your choice?
5: I've gone re- I'm have i going really out of there. I'm going with Neil Warnock and Stuart Pearce. Well, that's a combination. Yeah. Oh, my Neil God. Warner- <laughs> right, hear me out, right?
3: There goes my season <laughs> ticket. I'm Sorry.
5: <laughs> now, nah, right. This is the reasons why I think Neil Warnock is a good manager. I think he, but I think he can bring some real good things to the table. I like the idea of having a younger man to take us forward. If we're going with this attitude of we're going to get relegated and build a team for the future, that's that's just an opinion of mine. If not, Avram Grant, thank you very much.
3: I want I want Avram Grant and Paolo Decanio mixed.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Coming in with Stuart Pearce's physio or something. I'm a. <laughs> Getting
4: the degree of sarcasm from you, Alex. I can't, I can't really understand why. I did forget to mention, by the way, we haven't beaten... I don't think we've beaten Everton since 1997.
3: Don't say that. That's a year after I was born.
4: That's just disturbing in so many ways, Alex. Yeah. Mm. I've
3: never seen... It, well, I might have seen us beat them once, and I was about one. So... It's, producer, a, it's
4: a place to start. Producer Tom is pointing out we've only played them five times since, but that's not as impressive as... When like. was the
5: last time we beat them,
4: sorry? 1997. 2-1. Jesus Christ. All right. We'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. It means it's about time, doesn't it? Exactly. That's the way I'm looking at it anyway. Um, anyway, there we must leave it for this week. Uh, once again, thanks to all of you who've listened in live, those of you listening to the podcast, and especially to everyone who contributed to the show. Uh, you can always get in touch when we're off air with an email to radio at homestale.net. And it may help shape next week's show, which it did this week. Um, anyway, we're back live next Sunday with Joe Hollyoak's show. Good luck with that. Uh, well, on a, <laughs> I've ruined my own speech at the end, damn it. Um, but that's uh, next Sunday at 8 p.m. Until then, goodbye.
0: www.holeradio.net slash blog like the radio show, but it's a blog.
2: Homestead Radio is proudly sponsored by complete science.co.uk Complete Signs are a producer of top quality internal and external signs for an ever-expanding portfolio of clients, including hotels, schools, local authorities and small businesses across the nation, offering a wide range of creative solutions from flat metal nameplates to neon fascia signs and everything in between. Clients are offered the highest standards in consultation and sales support to ensure complete customer satisfaction, with clients free to choose solutions from wide variety of materials including brass aluminium stainless steel wood and a number of plastics covering most of South England with virtual offices in Croydon Epsom Hawley Worcester Park in Surrey Crowthorne in Berkshire Regent Street West London Docklands East London and Crawley and Brighton in Sussex so if you're looking for the complete professional service for your sign needs then look no further than Complete Signs. Head to their website, completesigns.co.uk, for further information, including contact details and full office addresses.
0: It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in.